How did you sleep? I sink into the chair opposite him and wrap my hands around the cup of coffee that sits in front of me. Weird dreams, but on the whole, I trail off, taking off my glasses and rubbing my eyes. Managing, you know. With my head down a little, I glance up at him through my hair, gauging his reaction to my comment. After Mustang, you research this father and develop some leads. I'm truly sorry that your red string board was damaged when you became our guest. You had all the time after your forced time off from the Federal Bureau of Investigation. How did you find your leads since Mustang was your last operation? Oh, are we not talking about Idaho? Their potatoes are lovely. What's so special about Idaho Redacted? I rest my folded arms on the table and arch an eyebrow. You don't know about the operation we did there. The G-Man visibly winces and looks in the mirror. Maybe you could remind us. Oh, sure. I'm sure some wires just got crossed or something. I watch him with my head slightly tilted to the side. I hadn't expected this, but now that it's here... Must have been. Can you allow me a moment? I need to verify something. Without looking at your full mug of coffee, would you like more coffee? As the G-Man stands and walks quickly to the door and disappears leaving you in the room again by yourself. I sit back in my chair, holding my mug of coffee in both hands and looking down into the liquid. I don't allow myself the luxury of a smile, even a small one, not when I know they're watching me. But I can feel warmth spreading through my body as my investigator instincts fire to life again. For the first time in ages, probably months at this point, I feel fully myself again. It's time to dance. The G-Man hurries back in. You watch him in the mirror as he visibly collects himself before walking to his chair, his fingers tented. Yes, I would love to hear about Idaho. You're listening to The Redacted Reports, a Delta Green podcast. It's a mild winter in Northern California. Everyone from RSL has gone back to their daily lives as best as they could. Rory's returned from Alaska, maybe a bit changed. Brewster's found a new part of his life. River has a new project and is bonding well with his daughter. And Agent Rowan had enjoyed a nice vacation, but now she's back in the office and working a desk job, pushing papers now as an analyst and not as a field agent for the Federal Bureau of Investigation. December's coming up and like I said, it's mild. It's December 5th and each and every one of you gets a text message. One front row ticket to the opera. Pick them up at OAK, and it's signed R. Mitchum. Rooster sees this, figures it's spam, deletes it. Ten minutes later, it pops up again with a time code. Please do not delete R. Mitchum. Wow, they really want to sell me something. I delete it again. Ten minutes later, Rooster, go to the airport. O-A-K, R dot Mitchum. Okay, this is legit, damn it. So when the text message pops up for Rowan, she looks at it and is like, 
because she's pretty confident that the reason why she got put onto a unexpected vacation is because someone was getting cheeky about her work with uh, Delta Green. She's like, how badly do I want to piss my bosses off? Cool. She'll text back, time frame, question mark. 7.45, doors open. R. Mitchum. I'll, I'll look at my wristwatch to see what time it is. 5 o'clock, 5 p.m. Uh, all right, I will groan at that and then send off a quick text message to the rest of our cell to see who all got that and who all's coming. I don't know if Rory's back. I'm hoping he is. Does this have any kind of from address? It actually, it says r.mitchum at the top. Then River receives an email from the EPA. You have an assignment in Bonners Ferry, Idaho. There has been a leak into the river, and it's the Kootenay River. K-O-O-T-E-N-A-Y River. Assigning agent R.Mitchum. Okay, I was about to uh, text Rowan and see if the, this is a uh, Delta Green thing, but apparently it's just EPA. And that's probably about when when the text message from Rowan comes in that says, Sounds like we have tickets to a upcoming performance. Time to cowboy up. And I text back, sorry, I've got a job in Idaho. I'll text back, who's it from? EPA. Assigning agent? Question mark. R. Mitchum. Yeah, probably the same thing, since that's the sign-off on the text message that I got. Oh, bother. River is Winnie the Pooh! Fuck me! (laughs) Rowan will actually burst out laughing in her office at that, because she's just hearing Winnie the Pooh in the back of her head, and she's like, oh, that takes me back. And then text back, yes, that's about the shape of it. See you at OAK. So I just looked at uh, December 5th is a Sunday. So when Rory gets this text, he's probably at home relaxing and putting two in together. He's probably wait a few minutes to try to figure out what it means. Get the text from Rowan, figure out it's about Delta Green. I'm going to text Rowan back. Sounds good. Let me first double check that I can get my shifts at the hospital covered, but I'm sure it should be fine. Yeah, I'll text Rory back and say, good to have you back. We missed you last time. Last time? Question mark. I'll text back. I'll fill you in on the way. Okay, seems I missed something. See you soon. And then I'm going to immediately check my work email to see if I've gotten anything from them, knowing that last time Delta Green worked through the Air Force. Just see if there's anything official from there. That'll be my first, the first thing I do. Nothing official right now. In that case, I'm going to email the scheduler and say, hey, something came up. What's the likelihood I can get shifts covered for the next week? And just, yeah, I'll send it to whoever's doing the schedule. You get a response back. Not a problem. You've got time coming. Go ahead and take it. Great. I'll let you know when I, my guess is a week or two, but if it needs to be longer, I'll let you know. Don't worry. We got you covered. Okay. Uh, And then I will, I guess, look up. Well, you don't know where 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 we're going. I'll text Rowan. Say any any idea where we're headed? I'll text back and say... I don't know where we're going, but I know when the doors are supposed to open. 7.45. We've got a rush. Okay. And actually, with him reminding me that I haven't told the others, I will quickly shoot out that that text message to Rooster and River as well to be like, hey, by the way, wheels up at 7.45. We need to move. I'm going to text back civilian flight. Yes. 
there's a pause, and then finally, ETA, 90 minutes. See you there. And as I'm sending out these text messages, I'm heading out to my car as quickly as I can, dropping text messages as I go, and even answering them as I'm driving, which you should never do, but she's in a rush. As she's going back to her house to grab her go bag. I'm going to text Andrew and just let him know, hey, Delta Green mission came up. I have to go be at Oakland in about two hours. I'll explain more when I know more, and I'll grab my go bag ready and head out once I have that already. He responds pretty quickly with, be safe, love you, and a heart. I'll text back, love you too, and then finish packing. And you get a picture of Chase looking at the phone with big, sad, sad puppy dog eyes. I'll do the heart reaction back on that, and then shoot Rowan back and say, be there by seven. I'll reply, see you there. Rooster, you get an email. It says GB Handlers, Packers Unite. And underneath it, in the text, it said GB224, gone quiet. Any locals nearby to check in? And it's blind carbon copied sent to you. And any reply that you send back would be blind carbon copied as well. I'm going to sit on that until I meet up with everyone. Because I know at this point, glasses will be there at least. Is everyone making it, making their way to Oakland Airport? Yep. Yeah. And, and on the way, I would send a message to my superiors at the FBI to say something's come up. I need some time off. Because uh, I'll be doing this as a as a working holiday. Yeah, I'm pulling the same thing, texting and claiming family emergency. Don't know how long I need. Rowan, you receive a response back. Early vacation time for the holiday is perfectly fine. You've got time that you could take. And I will do so. Be safe. Have a good time. Stay out of the north. I'll message back. Why? What's happening in the north? You don't watch the news? I try to avoid it. It's cold. There's a polar vortex. Oh. Yeah, I'll do my best to stay away from that. I don't like cold. But yeah, I'll be safe and have lots of fun family time. You guys arrive in the Oakland airport and notice that traffic is kind of bad. It's it's pretty rough. Um, it's the beginning of December. A lot of folks are doing a lot of their early holiday traveling. As you pull in to the parking area and make your way toward one of the concourses, you see a fellow with a bit of a paunch and balding head holding up a sign that says R. Mitchum Party, and above it is a green triangle outlined in gold. All right. Well, I won't make my way directly to that person. I don't want to be that obvious, but I will, like, edge off to one side, wait, and then come around. Serendipitously, because it works for plot and that kind of stuff, everyone arrives at around the same time and sees this fellow, and you all see the four of you. Are you Mitchum? Looks over. Yes! So what what arrangements do you have for us? Uh, I have to wait for everyone else real quick, but um, once everyone's here, then uh, I'll take us to where we need to go. I look around and see the others, and... No one's really approached yet. I'll approach at that point. Yeah, once I see people talking, there's a group gathering, I'll go over and join everyone. I'm a little bit later because I'm at the Starbucks, and I walk over with my huge one and Rowan's usual order. And as I get there, hand her, and I go, Cappy! Hey. It's been a year! How's it going? How's the dog? Good? He's still a dog? What did you expect him to- Never mind, don't answer that. No, probably not a good idea. You are a blessing in light disguise, thank you. I think we're all here. I look over at River and go, Hey, what's up, Doc? And then I reach in 
to apparently I've got a snack of a little bag of baby carrots and just bite one off. Oh, is that my new thing? No, I'm I'm doing the health thing now. It's why did you want a carrot? No, I had one before. It's good for you. Thank. Good good idea. All right, so we're all here. Can we get this shit on the road? I believe we are ready. All right, uh, follow me. He takes down the sign and walks with a purpose up an escalator, taking two steps at a time. He walks to a uh, TSA conference room. The TSA person dressed in blue just lets him pass. He opens up the door, waits for everyone to come in, and, and motions for everybody to sit at a conference table. I'll sit down and pull out a notepad and set it down next to me, ready to take notes. All manspread in a chair nearby. I'll follow uh, Rowan's lead and take a seat and pull up some paper from my pocket. All right, now that we're all here, you all know that there is a operation. The group had commissioned a storage unit and, uh, oh, I'm, I'm Special Agent Patrick Hill. I'm here to kind of give you a heads up. I would go do this myself, but I took all day to get you guys tickets and get this all squared away and get you travel to where we need to go. You're the closest one, so, all right. I put up my hand with two fingers. I hope those are pointed at you and not at me. They're pointing at the ceiling. Oh, okay. Agent from where and closest what? Closest to Idaho, presumably. Yes. Oh, that, oh, pleased to meet you, Agent River. We're going to Idaho? Idaho, yes. Closest to what? Closest to Idaho. Um, and agency, I work for the Department of Homeland Security. Hmm. Pleasure to meet you, Special Agent. Thank you. I take you, you're Agent Rowan. Yep, I'm observant. You're the only one that would fit that that classification. I'm the only girl, yes. <laughs> well, we have to be, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, all right. I take it that you're Agent Rory and you're Agent Brewster. I just want to know, did he get it right? Was he looking at the right people when he said that? No. Absolutely. I am the Air Force captain. All right. No, you've, you've swapped them. That's Rooster. That's Rory. Oh. And Rooster is, is a bit of a jokester. Don't mind him. Hmm. Is that what we're calling it these days? And Roosters. I'm here to destroy his fun because it's fun. Roosters and, and cocks and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> all right. So back on task. The group has a storage unit in Bonner's Ferry. You're familiar with green boxes, yes? This green box was designated GB224. Um, it's currently at Earl's Renaspace and it's unit 0171. We had a friendly watching it. He has not reported in. He also works for the city's utilities. Now, as you know, if you're paying attention to the news, Bonner Ferry's undergoing some pretty nasty weather. We are confident that there's been no issues with the friendly. He's been competent in the past. He's not a member of the group, but he hasn't responded in. A silent alarm has gone off to warn the group of intrusions. And on the night of the second, there was a breach indicated. Now, the cell phones and towers and phone lines throughout the city are down. They're only coming up bit by bit. So we don't have a whole lot of information there. Now, we do know that when the cell signal kind of comes in and out, we know that the door to the unit's been open for about a week. We don't know what's inside. We don't have a catalog because of the cell that was assigned to it has been um, disbanded. Killed? Disbanded. How long have they been defunct? Eight years. You said it's been open for a week? Yeah. This The second was three days ago. You're right. Three days ago. Sorry. Nearly a week. So I 
failed high school calendar taking. So did I. It was it's an absolute shit, especially when you learn about how Caesar put two two months in the middle and screwed everything up. September should be the seventh goddamn month. And October should be the eighth because sept and oct. Yes. Wait, the salad guy? Yep. Made the calendar? Yep, even with anchovies and I and I don't like anchovies, but enough of enough of that right now. That's okay. We can we can follow you up and get you a GED on this stuff later on. So, point of order: Caesar did not add two months. Octavian renamed those two months. They had already been changed about a hundred years earlier. Well, look at you, Mister Smarty Pants. No, that was out of character. But I had nope. to say it. No, <laughs> <laughs> no more like more likely River would say that. I think Rooster surprised everyone by doing that, and Rooster surprised himself that he remembered some shit from his junior and senior, I his actually, junior and sophomore year. Holy shit, how do I remember that? Are you sure you failed high school in history? Yes, but apparently the finals weren't on the count. I don't know. Whoa. Okay, this is weird. This just got weirder than mermaids. Are you done with your self-discoveries and your breakthroughs? Do we need to set Probably up a couch? Probably not, but go ahead. All right. We do not discuss rooster self-discoveries. You opened that door, sir. Right. <laughs> Can we get back on mission? All right, your cover, and he pulls out a yellow envelope and slides it over to you. You are all a FEMA oversight team. You'll be riding in with the National Guard convoy. I have to warn you, the cover is not exceptionally thick. Um, someone that digs into it might find out that you are not FEMA, though your EPA credentialist, Agent River, might come in and might provide support, but for the rest of you, probably won't fly all that well. All right, I'll open the envelope and pull out the various credentials and pass them out to people. Yeah, there's a lanyard with your fake names on them, as well as old stock images of you. Some of them are not all that good. Brewster's mustache is phenomenal. I've set up an office space at the utilities company for you. I don't know what it is, but it's a place where you guys will be able to work in relative privacy. But uh, yeah, that's where things stand right now. All right. What is the lodging and transportation situation up there? Besides having to drive on ice, which sounds like the last thing I like. Well, I'm getting you right in with the National Guard Disaster Relief Convoy. So you'll be in, in the back of a troop transport on your way there. When you get into the city, when you get into the town, village, I think it's technically a town. It's not big. You'll be able to procure any kind of transportation on your own. The rental companies are closed. The roads are officially closed. I think everything is within general walking distance, but you're probably gonna want to bundle up. The guy's name, as you're rifling and looking through the credentials, the guy's name is Skip Mills. Whose name is Skip Mills? The Friendly. He got the opportunity to be told that it was going to be working for the CIA underneath a some bullshit cover story about a counterterrorism storage site and his whole, you know, patriotic, I've got a my life matter type of spiel and he jumped at it. So he never went in as far as I was aware, but he did check on it to make sure that it was clear. I think he might have gotten a peek in uh, a few years back, but, you know, it's been a clusterfuck since the changeover but I'm preaching the choir here, right? Yeah, since the changeover. Mm -hmm. Were you, in, you involved in the changeover? No, I chose not to do part of the changeover. That's why I get calls from people from the alphabet and I just send things off to where they need to go. Ooh, another thing. I will have burner phones available for you and radios available for you there on site, but keep in mind, all different type of government agencies with all forms of the alphabet are gonna be listening in because of everything that's happening, as well as our friendly, lovable neighbors to the north who happen to look in occasionally. 
It's only 40 miles Russia? away. No. They're not friendly either. And they're not to the... Yeah, that was sarcasm, right? No. Sarcasm is when you cut out your eyes, you go blind, and then you have sex with your mother in the desert. I'm sorry. What? No, that's irony. That's irony. I see the expression on Rowan's face and go, okay, I wasn't the only one who didn't get that. What? I can't be funny? No, apparently not. <laughs> you know what? Keep in mind, like I said, there's alphabet soup agencies all throughout the whole area and media in the theater. So don't expect miracles. You know, if you need something, I'll try to get it to you. But hell, don't expect anything. You're really on your own on this. Okay, serious question then. All right. What kind of material can we get up there with us? Can you get us through TSA with firearms? Do you have a Kevlar? Do you have a badge? You're Agent Rooster. I look over at the other two who do, or the other three who have creds. So two, the three of them could probably take their sidearm. Yeah, I have my FBI badge, although I'm trying to not wave that around too much. But player-wise, there's no way for to get my sidearm up there, even unpacked, unloaded in a checked bag. In a checked bag, you'll have to check it. Oh, we're not taking checked bags? Okay. If right. you want to. I was prepared to check a bag. That's where my shotgun is. Yeah, so was I. You could check it. You just can't have it on the plane with you. So what exactly is the goal here? What exactly is our mission? The green box has been breached. What do we need to do? First off, need to find out what's in the green box. What is lost from the green box? Contain anything lost from the green box and discuss those that have come in contact with it. You have discretion as to what to do with them afterward, though I do ask that we try to keep those counts low. And there's no catalog of what was in the green box. So any of the weird things like what turned up in our green box might be unaccounted for? I don't know if there's a catalog. There's not a catalog as far as the group is concerned. There may be another one out there because I know that there's a network of green box handlers. And the group doesn't know about this network, except that they No, exist. we know about the network. Okay, as you can tell, I work for the Department of Homeland Security. I work with the group. I don't have access to everything. It's not nearly as organized as you might think it is. Now, there might be some groups out there that are. We, sadly, are not. We're trying to fix that, though, right? One day at a time. Good. I'm glad we're all in agreement there. Did you work for the group before the... Sorry, what was it you called it again? The changeover? The changeover? I did. Uh-huh. But you decided to stop. No, I didn't. You just said you don't work for the group now. My paycheck says Department of Homeland Security. And mine says EPA. Right. But not everybody's here does, right? Oh, you get a government check. You get a government check. I think you might get a government check, but I think that's a subsidy. As he looks at Rooster. Right. Is our flight leaving right away? When are we leaving? 9.05. And you'll be flying in Coeur d'Alene? I'll look at my watch. Do we have enough time to go and get some good cold weather gear? Because I hadn't been aware we were going to Bonner's Ferry. Mmm, that's going to be rough. You can pick up gear while you're on site, while you're in Coeur before you head north. All right, if we can get a full, good, cold weather gear, because I've been told about a polar vortex happening up that direction. Yep. But you don't watch the news? I really don't. It's better for my blood pressure. You know what? My shrink says the same exact thing. My shrink said I also shouldn't smoke, and my other doctor said that I should cut back on fried foods, but I don't necessarily listen to them. You should probably do that. Listen to your doctors. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Last time I re regularly watched the news, I ended up going to Iraq. I was there. Was there for a little bit. Not a fun time. Then again. Yeah. 
Well, which part of it were you there? We actually raced from northern Iraq into Baghdad. It took us like, you know, 60 hours. It was kind of fun, actually. Did you ever be in a tank doing 65 miles an hour over the dunes? No, I, uh, I got in other ways. No, all right. And then I stayed there through ISIS. Okay. Fucking tank jockeys. That was under my breath. I just look at him, finish my coffee, set the cup down. All right, well then, unless there's anything else that we need to be aware of. No, I don't think so. If you need anything, here's my card. And he hands out a card to each and every one of you. It just has our Mitch upon him and a phone number that is a area code that you're not necessarily familiar with. Really? It's an area code that I'm not familiar with. Mm-hmm. It's not local. I have phone numbers from all over the country. It's a small area code out of Colorado. All right. So you're all free to go. You guys can grab water on your way out if you like. Thank you much. Should be quick in and out. You guys should be all right. God damn it. Why do you have to say that out loud? Uh, tempting fate. So yeah, we'll step out of the conference room. I'll hold the door for the others. Politely throw the cup into a trash bin. All right, I'm going to check my watch. And All right, how long do you think we have till the flight leaves? So what time is it now, approximately? Is it like a little before eight? Yes. Well, we have about an hour. So you guys leave the conference room with that lovely fellow. Oh, you also, in your credentials, have paper tickets from Oakland to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So what fake names did they choose for us? Redacted, redacted, redacted. Come on, these are fake names. We can say whatever they are. (laughs) Baggins took Peregrine, Underhill. Dibs on Underhill. (sighs) Which one would he take? Oh, Brandybuck, sorry. I was wondering. Yeah. Well, they came with our pictures on them, so we were all assigned to... Oh, yeah. Yes, but I will let you pick which ones they say. Okay. I'm going for Brandybuck, then. I'll take Took, just because it sounds like I can use it for humor. Here's the nice part. River, you don't even need to use that one. You can use your EPA Mm. ID, if you like. Yeah, because I kind of need that to get through TSA. Mm -hmm. I'll say that mine is Eleanor Underhill. I'll be Peter Took. Rory will look at his fake ID that says Bill Baggins and opt to use his military ID <laughs> to get onto the plane. Bill Baggins. Yeah, I'll probably use my real ID to get onto the plane because I want to be able to keep my sidearm on me. And that will require uh, FBI clearance. I figure I'll keep my sidearm on me because it's Idaho. On the plane. Oh, so you're letting me stash mine in your suitcase then or something? Did you not bring a suitcase? No, I meant my other one, because we can't take anything other than sidearms. Sure we can. You can take a rifle and a shotgun, and you can check it underneath. Now, you're not able to take anything that's... Not the M4. You can't take the M4. Okay, I will take the hunting rifle and a shotgun. Or River take the shotgun, probably. And I'm also checking my Kevlar vest, because I would rather have to uh, flash a, a badge to be like, yes, this is mine. I'm a federal agent. It needs to go with me. In that case, can I get my Kevlar in, in someone's bag or something? Yeah, you can in stick someone's it in carry-on. Okay. It won't be in the carry-on, but you can stick it in my check bag that I will be speaking with the counter agent to be like, federal agent, this is mine. Tag it however you need to. And they do. But yeah, we're like shuffling stuff around to get to get the the things where they need to be. The thing that really worries me, though, is we don't have good jackets or socks or boots. River looks down at his hiking boots and say, speak for yourself. You really think that that's going to do it? When was the last time you were in Arctic weather? I went snow camping once. 
I go skiing pretty often. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you go in hiking boots and cotton socks? I don't wear cotton socks under hiking boots. I don't really need to know about your satin under things, but that's fine. Okay. We're still going to Walmart, it's right? It's called Walmart. we get there? Yes, we're going to be going to Walmart, probably to pick up good socks. I'm... I mean, it's it's winter, even in the Bay Area. I'm probably wearing, you know... So it's all I'm, of 60 degrees? It's raining, probably. So it's all of 58 degrees and raining? <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we get our equipment squared away so that we can get... It, it'll be the bare necessities. All right, does anyone else... I think I'm going to go look and see if I can find some sort of jacket now, just in case worse comes to worse, we can't immediately find something there. In the Oakland airport? It won't, I won't not gonna buy anything unless there's something like that I could actually use. But I'm gonna at least I'm going to at least look. You're gonna find a hoodie. You've actually you do In find you do airport. find a windbreaker. Okay, well this will help with the like the light sweater that I have on right now. <laughs> so I'll buy that. You guys make it through the airport. You don't really find anything. Your bags get checked onto the flight. The flight is to Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene, Idaho is in the northern panhandle of the state. It's cold there. And it's actually a pretty quick flight, but uh, it does take a bit. It's outside the greater Spokane area. That's the traditional metro area. As you land, a news brief comes up on the screen in front of everyone as they have the TVs on the plane. As you can see, the polar vortex is dipping into eastern Washington, the northern panhandle of Idaho, and western Montana. The town of Bonners Ferry has been hit particularly hard, with temperatures dropping rapidly. That 60-degree drop in one day, and the winds tearing through the mountain valleys has caused quite a bit of chaos and damage. Bonners Ferry is experiencing frozen rain and sleet, with wind speeds over 50 miles per hour. There are many trees down, and electricity is out for much of the greater Bonner Ferries area. I strongly recommend that you stay indoors and warm. If you are without power and heat, emergency shelters have been set up at Bonners Ferry High School on Tamarack Lane, Valley View Elementary School on Augusta Street, and Mount Hall Elementary on Highway 1. The governor has issued a state of emergency and banned all travel except for emergency purposes. The National Guard is assisting in setting up the shelters as well as restoring vital services. Please be safe. It is dangerous out there. Stay tuned to KHQ6 for late-breaking news. And now, let's turn it over to investigative reporter Chris Price on the ground in Bonners Ferry. Chris? And at that point, the TV shut off and the doors open and everybody starts to head out of the plane. Wait, there's another Chris Price? Why are we being haunted by Chris Price? At least... No, no, at least. No, at least. Why did we go from desert to polar vortex and we've still got the reporter? I mean, you could have just stopped that question at why are we going from 114 degree temperature to negative 60 and just left that question there. Oh, wait, it's because the gods hate us. You guys are going to have to fill me in on what I missed. Oh, boy, oh, you missed you missed an adventure. I look at him deadpan, do the hand thing, shrimp cult. All right. That's not even a little accurate, but sure. <laughs> I'm sure everyone will fill me in with the accurate <laughs> if it's necessary. I will fill you in at some point. We'll see how we'll see how uh, busy things get out here. Although it sounds like we've got a long uh, sounds like we've got a long car ride. Let's just put it this way: the one we had instead of you liked me less than you do. That's impressive, right? I mean, to be fair, she's she was a shrink. 
Really? Well, I wasn't talking about how little I liked her. Yes, we... No, she was okay for a shrink, but still. We had a shrink along from QSL. Interesting. I'd be, I'm curious what kind of insight she had into the you guys. I'll have to compare notes. Absolutely that. none. None. She didn't take any notes. We barely talked to her. I'm sure. Don't bother rolling human. Who needs it when you're so obviously lying? So when, when you land in Coeur d'Alene, even though the polar vortex isn't reaching down to Coeur d'Alene, it's still very, very cold. The ice and the cold in the Coeur d'Alene area greets you, as does a specialist in the National Guard. He's got a sign that says, Mr. Took. I'll take a minute, look down at my badge and go, right, that's me. Why does he have my name on it? I don't know. Why am I in charge? Or at least the point person. Because the gods have a sense of humor. And he's looking around, like waiting for folks. Go ahead, Mr. Took. I, I don't even have a comeback right now. Ugh. I'm gonna walk over. Hey, I'm Took. Oh, pleased to meet you, Mr. Took. Um, are the, is the rest of your crew here? Yeah, uh, my team's assembled, but I'm still missing- we, uh, had to come rather last minute. We didn't exactly have time to pack for the weather. He looks you up and down. Oh, yeah, especially since we're going up north. You know, it's a bit cold up there. So, is there any way we can safely get into the car before we go make a Walmart run? Oh, I'm sorry, sir. Walmart closes at 11. What time is it? 11.30. No chance of waiting for tomorrow, is it? Cause, or you have extra clothes, because otherwise we're basically going to die. No, no, we can't have that now. No, I think we can get you, get you squared away. We've got some cold weather gear. Okay. Much obliged. And you look at River, and he, he's wearing a really heavy down parka now. Where'd that come from? From my carry-on. Oh, he knew we were going to Idaho. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. He was he was the only one who actually knew we were going to Bonner's Ferry. <laughs> you know, Doc, you could have filled us in. I'm so confused every time you say that because I'm the one that's actually the medical doctor here. Yeah, you're not the only one. That's kind of the point. <laughs> I kind of figured you had the same information I did. Why would you think that based on everything? You had no experience that would have led you to believe that. Let's have this conversation at another time, perhaps. For now, I think we get uh, equipped as much as we can. I say looking at our point person. Oh, yes, we can get you set up on all that that kind of good stuff, don't you know? It'd be all good. Oh, yeah, by the way, she's in charge. Not me. She, her. Oh, I'm sorry. So you're, you're, you are Ms. Peter Took? No, I'm Eleanor Underhill. Oh, no, it says that Mr. Peter Took is in charge. Exactly. I'm in charge, but I report to her. He, he looks down at, at his uh, phone. He delegates a lot. Oh, okay. Good leadership training there. Okay, okay. Okay. All right, so follow me. And he starts to walk off toward the parking lot. Just, uh, we do need to grab our bags from baggage claim. Oh, okay. Yeah, retrieve those and get, you know, that, that all sorted out. Uh, so this is your first time into uh, Idaho? Yeah. Yeah, I've been through Boise a couple of times, but summer. Yeah, a bit different, especially now. Mm. It's cold. It's very cold. You want to keep bundled up, but we'll get you some cold weather gear. You guys get down to baggage claim. Your bags come out. They've all been marked that they've been searched by the TSA. Yeah, I'm not at all surprised. I will take a moment to grab mine, pull it open, and make sure that mine and Rooster's Kevlar are still in there. They are, and there's a sticker on them. Cool. I'll glance up at Rooster, nod, zip my bag back up. Everything's in mine. Yeah, 
Nothing. Okay. Nothing's missing out of, out of your stuff, though it has been gone through. You're taken to a troop transport, and from there, he offers to help everybody up into the back of the troop transport. And there's a couple heaters in there, and you see there's a couple other folks. One of them's playing on a switch, looks up at you. She smiles. Wave, smile back. What you playing? Animal Crossing. Oh, I I, I forgot to bring mine with me. I'm really annoyed. Oh, I don't get much of an internet connection right now, so I'm making use of it until we head north. We had a long trip. Where'd you come from? I'm originally from out of Boise, but stationed here in Coeur d'Alene. They activated everybody. The governor uh, issued a state of emergency, so we're all up and up and running, and here we go. So uh, it's good to see the FEMA's coming to help these folks. They, From what I understand, they're, they're going to need it. So glad you guys can, can help and kind of put things in order, because, you know, the small towns, they can't always do stuff right, right? <sighs> well, they don't have as many resources. They call snow days when there's no snow on the ground and their kids have to, you know, walk two miles uphill both ways in the snow when there's, you know, two feet of snow on the ground. Ah, idiots. The large troop transport starts up and rumbles. It's a loud diesel engine. It's still warm back here, but the noise is initially jarring, but you get used to it. It just turns into background noise. At some point on the drive up, I will text Andrew, that I'm in Idaho and that we're looking into something there. And then I'll let you know more if I find out anything. The response comes back. Does it have to do with the cold? Not just that. I think so. Currently just in a windbreaker from the airport and my sweater. Hopefully behind more, more gear soon. Angry face. Get cold weather gear. Angry face. We're on it. They take you to the National Guardsman base, and from there they get those not suited up. Actually, they give everybody pretty good cold weather gear. Okay, I feel much better now. They set you up with, you know, an outer shell that's filled with some kind of artificial filling, um, a parka that's comfortable. Everything is OD green, so olive drab green. There are Velcro spots on the chest for name names, and there's Velcro on the arms for rank and for flags, but yours are off. Because you're civilians. You guys are civilians. Even if you're not, you are they give you a couple pair of socks, uh, some t-shirt and uh, Under Armour underwear, cold wear. Pretty high quality stuff, brand new. And uh, it's just lacking in color options. And they have all sizes and they get you get everybody all set up. All right. Get into everything. Pull on the boots, the outer gear, everything that they gave me. I'm just like, I feel like a kid on snow day. Hey, Rooster, you ever work in this kind of gear? Yeah. Training never uh, how do you f- anything official. How do you fit these gloves through a gun thingy hey handler how do i stick these gloves through a gun thingy so if you've got the mittens it actually slides off that's what i thought they're exposed fingers that's kind of what i thought yeah that stuff that will have your arms out a little bit to the side and just like squeeze 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 rooster looks at rowan having fun with this and looks at river being utterly confused and just goes Ugh. I hate snow. Snow, I don't mind. Cold? Fuck that noise. And that's what we're going to be dealing with. I'm going to have fun while I can. I I might have flunked weather channel shit, but usually it's got to be cold to have snow. Yeah, but there's different degrees of cold. Skiing, cold, not too bad. This? Ugh. I mean, you heard the newscast. Yeah. Like this is just cold for no reason. I mean... I trained in it back in, well, I don't think I can actually tell you what it was, but let's just say I was 
not happy to be in the sandbox, but happier. Yeah, that makes sense. Because sand is gritty and irritating, but at least your balls aren't sucked up into your stomach. That would have been a much better way to end that line in Star Wars. They talked about balls sucking and stuff. Never mind. No, they talked about sand. But yeah, get all geared up and ready to go and see what comes next. The convoy starts to power up. Everybody starts getting things packed into trucks, like final last moments. There's five of these personnel carriers that are going up. Three of them are filled with gear. Two of them are filled with people. Everyone gets packed in. The heater in here is nice. Even though you have your cold weather gear, you do kind of unzip to allow some of the warmth in. The trek north on the highway, when you guys leave, it's still dark out. It's only supposed to be 70 miles, 75 miles to where you're headed. With the reroutes and not being able to always take the clear highways, it takes you four hours. You got in and got squared away and left at about 1.32 a.m. and traveled all night in the cold. Some people are making small talk. Some people are kind of crashed out in sleeping. It seems like these folks are used to it. And you guys are kind of in the back just bouncing along and hearing and seeing the winter wonderland that it is as you're heading north. There's mountains on each side of the highway uh, that heads north. There's a frontage road in some areas that you're forced to take because there are trees down. There are some areas where you guys stop to a near crawl because of ice and snow. It's pretty rough. Around 5 a.m., you pull into town. You've passed a few towns along the way, but you see the sign for Bonner's Ferry, and you see that there are trees down. The wind is whipping. It's loud outside. Even though that you're in the truck doing 25 miles an hour, it is still tearing through. There's a few power lines that are down, phone lines down everywhere. Occasionally you see blinking lights, yellow lights for emergency crews, red and yellow for emergency responders. None of the roads themselves have really been cleared. You see ahead of you, near the river to the right-hand side of the town, the eastern side of the town, there are some lights up on some of the buildings. And as you pass a large school, there are lights on at the school, but it doesn't look as though that it's full power there. They take you into the city of Bonners Ferry itself, and they bring you into a parking lot where the truck joins the rest of the vehicles of a motor pool. And you see that on the name plate, it says City Utilities. You arrive at the Bonners Ferry Water and Sewer Utilities on Washington Street. People start to disembark from the vehicle, and one person comes by like, Hey, we're here. Welcome to my hometown of Bonners Ferry, where not a goddamn thing happens. Except occasional emergencies, it seems. Yeah, keeps it fresh. The only thing that happens that keeps it fresh. Fair enough. And Rowan tried to sleep most of the way just because there was nothing really to see except frozen wonderland. But... Yawn stretches, hops out of the convoy, and is immediately like, I hate this, pulling her hood up. (laughs) Like your experience in Yuma when you stepped outside the plane, when you step outside the truck here, that initial breath that you take in burns your lungs because it's currently negative 30 degrees outside. Okay, so it takes about a breath and a half before my nose hairs freeze. Yeah, it's cold, and the wind is just blowing. 
at one point, because it maybe picked up an ice particle, it feels as though that your forehead gets sliced. You kind of check almost for blood. No blood, but you're not entirely sure that your blood vessels are anywhere near the surface of your body at this time. It's cold. Yeah, I'll pull hood up, pull a scarf up over, over my nose and mouth and immediately make a face because this is the first time that I've had to wear a scarf since I had to start wearing glasses. And you can't see anything for a few moments because they just, as soon as you pull it up and you took a breath, they are now fogged. Rory, as you climb out, you see across the way, there is a clock on the outside of a bank and it says the time. It's a little past 5 a.m. And then it switches over to the temperature and it says negative 22. All right, this is way too cold. You just kind of huddle in my, in my coat and put up. And just kind of wait, like sitting around, like waiting, like, all right, now what? You know, you just came back from the far reaches of Alaska earlier this year. Granted, it was summertime and it got chilly. It did not get this chilly. Not while you were there, at least. Right. But the wind is strong like it was there. Let's find some food and then more importantly, some coffee. And figure out where we're staying so we can drop our stuff. I'm already moving. I'm not actually going anywhere. I'm just walking in slow circles. Yeah. Cappy, best not to stand still. Keep your muscles warm. I'm just like hopping back and forth on one foot, like one and then the other. If you were wondering why I had the mustache and when it was, this would be why. Makes sense now. Well, for about a week, and then when it started freezing, I shaved it back off. Yeah, icicles and facial hair do not seem like they would get along all that well. I don't like snow or cold. Duly noted. All right, let's see what we can find and start looking around to see if we can find. So our contact, our friendly, is with the utilities and our workspace is in the utilities as well. Yes. It looks as though that that's where you're at. You're in the utilities parking lot. So which utilities is it? Because there's an electric office, a water district, and a water and sewer. It's going to be the electric. Okay. So we're right on the river. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I don't have Google Maps up. What are you talking about? You don't? Why not? (laughs) All right. Well, Mr. Took, I believe that you're supposed to be the the, the head of this thing, and Rowan cannot keep a straight face even under her scarf. This job is getting worse and worse all the time. You're loving this, aren't you, Rowan? Oh, this is great. (laughs) I just do the grumble, kind of shrug down into my coat pants where pockets should be and just kind of wander over towards the office. There's a sign that says closed. Okay, I'm delegating you to tell me where to go now. It's closed. Yes, boss. I I, I say with a very bad salute because it amuses her. River walks up and tries (sighs) the door. The door is locked. Lights inside are out. So yeah, I'll actually turn and like take stock of where lights are on at this point. Is there actually like a mobile command unit that's in the parking lot that is taking care of the utilities right now? Uh, and, and that's a central point of contact or if they're elsewhere. There is the parking lot all around and there are tents that are up. There is a motor pool here as well. There are a National Guardsmen kind of like going in and out of different tents that are set up. Some look to have like almost like an airlock set up or like an antechamber to prevent the cold air from, from necessarily whipping through. And you're looking around. Where do we go? Well, if I look around and I see something that looks like a command tent, I'll nod over that direction and say, we should probably introduce ourselves as FEMA to whoever's in command over there. I suspect the National Guard people. Which, hey... You two should be more accustomed to this than I am. 
Lead on, McGlasses. Have you been reading up on Shakespeare or something? They had glasses in Shakespeare? Never mind. I'll just, just start walking. You head to the command tent, and you see a, uh, a captain of the National Guard is talking with uh, a sergeant, and they're giving out and figuring out orders. There is coffee set up and steaming, and as soon as you enter into the tent itself, it just wafts over everything. Rooster teleports to the coffee. Okay. He's just sort of, he's just there. I give it a longing look, but know that we need to get things sorted out before I can indulge. He looks over at you. Oh, all right. He nods. Good morning. We're the FEMA folks. I can see that. All right. Well, welcome to Bonner's Ferry. It's really cold here. Bundle up. And um, we're working on trying to restore power and make sure that people are safe. We've got people going door to door to make sure things are taken care of. That way, we've got most of the elderly folk either holed up in a couple of the retirement homes that are there with a few generators running. We have a couple shelters set up in the schools nearby. Other than that, we've got a pretty good handle on things, but it seems, though, that there's... We could always use some folks, uh, you know, working on handing out the the beds and the cots and the coffee and all that kind of good stuff. So glad you guys are here. Yeah, of course. We we just arrived with your convoy. Where oh, two. Whereabouts are nice, we? Nice, nice to meet you, Mr. Ch- oh, I'm sorry. My intel was a bit wrong. No, it's fine. That's Took. I'm Underhill. He's delegated while he gets coffee. Oh, all right, yeah. Kind of waves. I, I'm holding two cups of coffee. I sip from one, do the chin tilt, kind of tilt my head up, nod at him, and then sip from the other cup of coffee. Uh, somebody mentioned that you guys were you guys know about an EPA point person coming in, too. Oh, oh yeah, that's me. All right. This is Agent Redacted with the EPA. Pleased to meet you. He reaches out his hand to, to shake your hand. I reach out a glove. There was a small spill into the river. Now, I'm a bit worried that the spill is just going to be like a propane spill, a liquid propane spill, because it's so cold, it's gotten to be, uh, it's it's kind of solidified. There's a couple other bits of, of uh, you know, liquid contaminants that are down that way, and they're into the river. Good thing, though, river is frozen solid. I imagine it would be. And the ground being so cold, I don't think it's sunk in. So you tell us what to do and how to contain it, and I'll get my I'll get my guys and gals on top of it, and we can uh, hopefully prevent something disastrous. This town relies on on the wilderness, and there's quite a good bit of fishing upriver and downriver, especially downriver. Yeah, we we always want to protect those rivers. I need some food, but uh, I want to take a look at that as soon as possible. First step is figure out what it is. Sounds good. Um, we've got two ATVs that we could spare that we uh, commandeered that you guys could utilize. A lot of folks are just making a long, slow walk, just real bundled up. But be careful with the ATVs. Everything is covered in ice. Those one person or? The ATV, you can, you can smack two people onto an ATV. Hell, you can put three people on an ATV. I've seen eight people on an ATV, but none of that's safe, is it? Yeah, I've, I think I've uh, heard about that sort of party. Oh, yeah. Um, you mentioned food. Yeah, and where do you have uh, lodging for us? They didn't set up. You, you didn't get... S- All right, we need to get lodging for these guys. Uh, that's handled by... I think that's going to be handled by Tanya over in the utilities. When they open up, you guys can get set up with that way. All right. Until then, where's a good spot to leave our to leave our stuff? Points over to a corner. Drop your bags there. I think that we've got uh, hot oatmeal and uh, coffee. Wonderful. We, we had been given the name of the storage facility, and I... Yes. We were given the name, and I didn't write it down. Yeah, I didn't get it fast enough. I'm trying to write quickly. Is that an actual thing, or are you going to tell us where it is? 
I will give you the name of it. It's actually not on the map because it's a fictional place. Then just tell us whereabouts it is. It's not far from the river. It's Earl's Rent-A-Space. North or south of the river? South of the river. And our friendly is Skip Mills, who works for the utility company. Do I remember that correctly? Yes. Okay. Actually, the storage unit is... We're going to say the storage unit is less than a half a mile away on Adams Street. For those looking at the map, it's JB's Portables Mini Storage. But it's named Earl's Rent-A-Space. And it's unit 0171. All right, but first order of operations, I think, is to get food, coffee, and then talk to this Tanya person in the utilities when that opens up. Uh, I'll ask the National Guard captain. Yes. I'm sorry, sir, I didn't catch your name. Richard. Pleasure to meet you. Uh, Eleanor Underhill, whatever. No, Captain Richard. (laughs) Oh, that is a problem with first names and last names. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. What time does the utilities open? 7 a.m. So in about an hour. All right. Well, then we will avail ourselves of the hot coffee and oatmeal and have a chat with Tanya when, when that opens up. If you guys have any questions, certainly you can ask any, any of the staff here that's milling about not doing a goddamn thing. And everybody kind of just like looks around like, what the hell did we do? <laughs> and he smiles. Rooster grins through both coffee cups at that because he knows exactly how many times he's pulled that one. Glad to have you aboard. And, um, you know, if, if you need anything, we're, we should be good. I might have some people, I think I'm going to have some people heading out to the Mount Hall uh, Elementary School later on today if you guys wanted to uh, tag along and so this way you didn't have to to walk out there. We might well do that, get the lay of the land, try to figure out where we can be of most use. Excellent, excellent. Like I said, ask if you've got any questions. Will do, thank you. What do you mean they don't have the power up over there? Oh, all right. And I'll step back and head toward head toward the coffee, because the coffee is my first priority. And look up at, at Rooster as I get next to him and be like, I kind of like being delegated, too. This is hilarious. I'm glad somebody's enjoying this. You are as grumpy here as I was in Arizona. I don't like snow. The snow's not the bad part for me. It's that wind. I don't like this. I'm gonna be grumpy fucking deal. Just, like, reach over and poke him with an index finger a couple times. Just point the grumpy outwards. I bite at it in a pretend angry dog face thing. Which just gets a laugh from Rowan as she pulls back and goes for the coffee. I get in the way and I go, Mine. I'm in charge. That coffee is not yours. The coffee in your hands is yours. I show her two empty cups. And then go back, refill both, and then hand her one. Brave man, getting between me and my coffee. You won't think this is coffee. This is coffee. Kind of watching that for a little while, and then, uh, uh, say, Captain Richard, are there any, any of the local stores open? <laughs> no. Everybody's closed. Um, it looks, though, that we have a bit of a... When the governor shut everything down, most of the business owners kind of agreed... We've got some of the local uh, restaurant owners have taken over over at the high school and the elementary school and providing fresh meals since they have some power. A lot of people are kind of working on their own, you know, working for the betterment of the of the town. But nothing's really open. I just want to make sure we've got uh, the minimal supplies we're going to need for uh, doing our work. Uh, I think that starts with a couple of really big thermoses for coffee. Do we have any that we can spare? Not really, but you could check with the utilities. All right, check with Tanya. 
Tanya might have something. Okay. Ooh, actually, you, we might have them, but I don't think they're unpacked yet because they were they were sending in a bunch of new materials. Oh, you mean that's what I was sitting on? Maybe. No wonder I couldn't sleep. Uh, I wouldn't be able to sleep in this either. It's too cold. I need at least 80 degrees in my room. Oh, the truck was plenty warm enough, but it was loud. Yeah, well, they don't make troop transports for comfort. At least not where all the troops sit. That's why I usually sit up front. Good plan. I guess rank has its, has its privileges. Bullshit. He didn't even sit up front. He got drove in. He looks over. Hey, don't be telling people that. The guy's like, sorry, Captain, but it's true. <laughs> That's why the SUV is stuck and we had to peel it out. He's like, hey, don't be telling people that. And you see he's kind of smiles. It looks as though that this unit has a good rapport with each other. It doesn't seem as though that anybody's really being mean or cocky or angry. And while they're at the point of disaster relief, people aren't shooting at them, which makes a big difference. So during most of this, Rory has been kind of sipping at his coffee and making the most out of the oatmeal that's there, trying to get a little more energy in because his body's been going through a lot. Um, and mostly just observing everyone, just keeping an eye, see if there's anything out of the ordinary, just kind of just waiting for things to start happening. Okay. Seven o'clock hits, and somebody comes in and pokes their head in. Hey, utilities office is open if anybody needs to get in. And a bunch of them are like, yeah. <laughs> they, they rub their hands together. Because it's still only like 45, 50 degrees in this tent right now. They don't have the heat cranked up to 70 or so. So they all decide to put their items on, on hold, and the captain kind of is like, all right, everybody all out. Let's go in the building. Let's get actually warm, warm before we have to come back out later. Sound good? Huh? Yeah, let's get warmed up, and uh, then we have to get to work. You enter into the lobby, and a bell rings, and you see that there is a bench and desk there with a uh, tall, blonde woman of pretty larger stature. She's clearly six foot tall and built like a linebacker. She looks around, and she's got her. She takes her jacket off, her coat off. She hangs it up, looks at the four of you coming in, and goes, "Oh, our FEMA rescuers are coming." Hi, I'm Took. I delegated to her. Okay. Hi, Tanya, I assume? Yeah, Tanya Cambria. Pleasure to meet you. I'm, I'm Eleanor Underhill. And I'll pull off my glove instead and stick my hand out to shake. She shakes your hand. So um, I have to get you guys set up with a place for you guys to, uh, to work out of. Yeah, we were, we were hoping to have a good, well, we had heard that there was an area around here that we could use to work in. Also, um, we were told that you are the person to talk to about lodgings because someone lost paperwork somewhere. Yep, it's going to be one and the same. You guys are going to be out in that trailer. All right. Do we need to do anything before we head out that direction? Nope. Um, just zip up because it's out back. All right. Put my glove back on. And she grabs a set of keys. We're going to get to know each other real well, I think. So much for privacy. So, how warm is it in this building? Low 70s. Rooster has shed the parka and the hat and the gloves already. And he goes, ah, one more thing I hate. The temperature change. I'm already sweaty. Now it's going to freeze. I f hate the... F but yeah, grab our bag and zip the parka back up. Get ready to follow Tanya. I, I didn't catch her last name. Cambria. 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 He took, you're going to have to bundle up again. I know. Grump I just face. imagine the Voltron sounds while doing that. 
I imagine Rooster making those sounds as he zips them up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's actually doing that, pretending to be Voltron at this point. Nice. Well, whatever makes you happy. So she heads out one of the back doors. Sorry, we got to set you up in in this temporary uh, setup. It's... uh, you know, prefab trailer. Um, we do have the heat kind of set low right now. Make sure stuff doesn't freeze, but you guys can turn up the heat as we get through. Um, the guy that normally works here, he's called off for, for the past bit, but that's okay. And we uh, we cleared up with the window. One of the windows been broken. The window's been broken? Yeah. Um, we got it. We have it taped over. Should, shouldn't be a problem. If you've got a problem with it, we'll, we'll see to it, but you should be okay. All right. What's the name of the fellow that usually works here in case he comes back and wants his spot back? As she walks up, she opens up the door and she brushes off some snow and ice and it says Skip Mills. I'm Tiana Hansen and I play Rowan. I'm Ben Sislowski and I play Rooster. I'm Seth Jones and I play River. I'm Joseph Newman and I play Rory. I'm Dan Voshkevich, the handler. Our story is based upon the role-playing game Delta Green by Arc Dreams Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detweiler, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. Season 3 is based on the scenario Lover in the Ice by Caleb Stokes. This week we have special thanks to Chris Colbath, who provided their dulcet tones to the newscaster. Thanks, Morum. If you like our story, there are many ways you can support us. First, you can check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to episodes, Rowan's written reports for each story, as well as other goodies and opportunities exclusive to our patrons. We offer special thanks to our $20 and up patrons, Stephen Schwartz, Director Arayo, Jonathan Powell, Skelly Lichboy, Tom Padula, M.S. Aznikar, Heather Nay, Jen Obertaz, Jake Blair, Bomb Clancy, Agent Josephine, Ben Warner, and the entity some have called George. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. Please support us by telling people about us. Leave a review wherever you get your podcast and follow us on all the usual social media sites. The Redacted Reports is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quest and Chaos. If you like what you hear, give Quest and Chaos YouTube and Twitch channels a visit. They play Dungeons and Dragons and Call of Cthulhu on a weekly basis. Join us next week, because outside the bounds of reality lurk entities with names unpronounceable by the human tongue, creatures of hunger and rage that would like nothing more than to devour our insignificant universe. Hunger and rage that would like nothing more than to devour our insignificant universe. <laughs>